You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.pagosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.pagosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of June 17th, 2018. The podcast that forgot the Alamo. This is your host, Shane Killian. First, a quick announcement. My wife and I are going on vacation for our third anniversary, so there won't be any podcast for the next two weeks. We wouldn't have had the one two weekends from now anyway, since it's the fifth weekend. There seem to be a lot of those this year, but we'll be back in July. Now an update. It's been a while since we talked about the prosecution, or more aptly, persecution of Marcus Hutchins on trumped-up charges, the man who found and activated the kill switch on the destructive WannaCry worm. He was arrested when he tried to fly home to the UK from DEFCON, and as we covered, they charged him for things that weren't even crimes. But recent developments show that the government is doubling down on his case. They put forth a new 10-count indictment superseding all the other counts and charged him with stuff that is, one, outside the five-year statute of limitation for these crimes, and two, he did when he was a minor that he can't be charged for. And, of course, they went by their old standby, a conspiracy charge as well as a charge of lying to investigators. What's interesting about that last part is, in order for it to be true, a Nevada prosecutor would have to be guilty of those charges as well and be a co-conspirator because what he said in court last summer directly contradicts these new charges. When you have a situation where the government has replaced each and every one of the old charges with brand new, unrelated, and even contradictory charges, you know something's wrong. And something weird they did was... As evidence that he was creating malware, they submitted a chat room where he was talking about how to defeat malware, specifically Phasebot. And just like we saw with Silk Road, they're planning on putting up two FBI agents who have made inaccurate statements and arguably even lied about the facts. They also claim that Hutchins lied to them in Wisconsin, when in reality, their interrogation of him took place at the Las Vegas airport. This is just another attempt by government to criminalize security networking and malware research. Now let's deontologate the news of the bogus. It seems like cops are getting bolder and bolder in their corruption and dishonesty. In this case, the Maryland Court of Appeals smacked down cops who denied a suspect's clear request for a lawyer. The lower court sided with the cops, saying that the suspect's request was ambiguous, but the appeals court said it was crystal clear, especially when you look at the actual recording of the interrogation and not the misleading transcript the cops made. At one point, the suspect, a Mr. Salguero, said, quote, That's all I have to say to you, and if you accuse me of something, I better want an attorney. Clear, right? And after they talked to him some more, which they're not supposed to do at that point, and he kept trying to answer, Detective Bellino said, quote, Hold up. Just a moment ago, you said you wanted a lawyer, but you're willing to talk to us now, right? So Bellino understood that he was asking for a lawyer. He should have stopped everything right there and then, and he didn't. And the court found, quote, 
We cannot help but notice, however, that the officer's transcript omitted words Mr. Vargas Salguero in fact said at two critical points in the interrogation, and that the omitted language bears directly on whether the officers understood that Mr. Vargas Salguero invoked his rights to counsel and to remain silent. Salguero is a Spanish speaker. Bellino didn't speak Spanish, but there were two other Spanish-speaking detectives that were translating for him. When Bellino said he was exercising his right to remain silent, those detectives did not translate it for Bellino. The thing is, any ambiguity is supposed to fall on the side of the suspect asking for a lawyer. Quote, he mentioned and lamented several times that he felt like he could be going to jail for a crime he didn't commit. It doesn't matter for these purposes whether the charging documents had triggered his Sixth Amendment rights or that the detectives claimed he wasn't being accused of anything. Maybe he sought to couch his request for his attorney in polite or, more likely given the context, deferential terms, but he was there because he had been and was being accused of serious crimes. Other cases have held, I think I want an attorney, or I'd rather have an attorney, as sufficient. This statement was at least as strong as those. So far, these cops haven't been charged with anything. They should be, but sadly they probably won't. But this does show clearly that all police interrogations should be recorded. And if they aren't, or if there are any edits, that should be considered very suspicious, and the benefit of that doubt should fall on the defendant. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. Several times on this podcast, we've lamented the slow destruction of the principle that a website cannot be held responsible for the actions of its users. Now, a court in Vienna has ruled that YouTube can be held directly liable for copyright infringement committed by its users. The commercial court ruled that YouTube has a positive obligation to prevent third parties from uploading infringing content in direct abeyance of the E-Commerce Act, which declares hosting providers to be neutral parties in such cases. The commercial court said that doesn't count because YouTube parses the video's metadata and offers a search engine. According to Plaintiff Pulse 4, quote, the media, who call themselves social networks, will have to realize that they must also take responsibility for the content through which they earn many millions. This is a real game changer. Yeah, right, because that's what they're doing, going after the deep pockets. 
YouTube already has the content ID system put in place to prevent this, a system so sensitive it once flagged white noise as infringing content. But to Pulse 4, it's just not good enough. Quote, Yes, the content ID system was taken into account, but the court ruled that this is not a sufficient measure to prevent copyright infringement. The scary part was when they said it could be expanded to other areas and services as well. But really, what else do they think YouTube can do? Or is this really about stopping independent producers from being able to make money from their own content, like all of this anti-piracy action has been since day one? If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. The thing is, all this IP crap is going to get worse before it gets better. The EU seems set to pass its new copyright law that we've covered before, that link tax law and other stuff like that. The really bad part of the EU copyright directive is Article 13, which according to many is so stringent that it will destroy the Internet as we know it, requiring all content put online to be monitored and deleted if there's any likeness to existing copyright. And this includes things like memes, which are often copyrighted photos and movie stills with new captions or other modifications added. For the most part, they're allowed under fair use exceptions as derivative works, but fair use seems to have no place in the world the EU would create. But even worse, by insisting that journalists, publishers, and authors be, quote, paid fairly for their work, so much as quoting from them or even linking to them would be considered infringement. This podcast wouldn't survive at all under such rules. And they don't make exceptions for the small fry. The protections apply, quote, whether it is made in studios or living rooms, whether it is disseminated offline or online, whether it is published via a copying machine or commercially hyperlinked on the web. According to an EC spoke stooge, quote, the idea behind our copyright proposals is that people should be able to make a living from their creative ideas. The proposals to modernize EU copyright provisions will not harm freedom of expression on the Internet. They help to inform authors when their works are used online and to prevent that these works are used by major online platforms without their author's consent. But come on! How many authors are going to consent to me naming them biggest bogan emitter or idiot extraordinaire? This would absolutely stifle free speech and critique. 
And from what we've seen, it doesn't matter to the EU that I'm in America. They've shown in the past that they'll consider any content accessible in Europe to be subject to European law. And it would also apply to, quote, any service facilitating the availability of such content. So I guess that means GoDaddy, who hosts Spagosity.tv? What about Spectrum, my ISP that I use to upload this podcast? The legislation has been opposed by Internet pioneer Vince Cerf, World Wide Web inventor Tim Berners-Lee, Wikipedia founder Jimmy Wales, computer security expert Bruce Schneier, and many others across every part of the industry. In fact, it's hard to find anyone outside of the EU or the big content providers who think it's a good thing. The vote on this legislation is scheduled for the 20th, so there's still a few days. So if you live in the EU, go to SaveYourInternet.eu and protest this strongly. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the Internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the Internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your Internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to take a bite out of this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. And this week it goes to Apple, and this is surrounding something called Right to Repair. Basically, if you buy something, you own it and can repair and modify it to your heart's content. And this applies to cars, computers, cell phones, and anything else you buy. But like so many things, this is getting eroded. We've covered before how companies like John Deere were preventing people from modifying software on their own tractors. Car companies have started doing this with cars. And then there's Apple. Repairs to Apple devices are a huge part of their business model, and they're lobbying governments around the world to stop DIY repairs and third-party repair shops by saying the parts they use are, quote, counterfeit. Apple is suing stores in the USA and elsewhere, and even shutting them down completely by having their parts seized at borders when they come in. It's illegal, for example, to import replacement iPhone screens, which repair shops have the most demand for. They've even released updates that deliberately stopped third-party displays from working. Very similar to something that Microsoft got smacked down for decades ago when they made it so Windows 3.1 wouldn't run on DR-DOS. Now, if you somehow agree with Apple on this, 
Why don't you tell Linus Sebastian what he's supposed to do? He's the host of the Linus Tech Tips YouTube channel, and he can't even get Apple to repair an iMac Pro, even though he was willing to pay for the repairs himself. Apple just refused to do repairs on a system that wasn't even a year old. Apple has a horrible history of design problems and hardware defects, yet they want to stop their own customers from doing repairs. This article I'm linking to lists a lot of them from YouTuber Lewis Rossman. And even official repairs at Apple stores often go wrong. Alan Ganon even had an entire motherboard die from an Apple store repair, even though the only thing they had to do was replace the battery. He's seen melted plastics on connectors like they didn't use any shields when they soldered it on. They sold a refurbished MacBook with water damage, and Apple refused to replace it, saying they don't replace water-damaged products, even though it came that way out of the box. Lewis has 10 years of documentation of horrible design and functionality flaws. And as crappy as their products are, and as horrible as their service can be, Apple still doesn't want people to have the right to repair Apple devices themselves or to take them to a third-party repairman. And that is why Apple gets named this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. If you're going to shop online, use our special links to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Bogosity.tv, and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. If you haven't used the mobile app in the last 12 months, or even at all, go to Get5.Bogosity.tv on your phone or tablet and get $5 off your order of $10 or more. Go to Prime.Bogosity.tv for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrow Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, go to Kindle.Bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited, read over one million books, and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. You can go to music.bogosity.tv and get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited with access to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. All great ways to help this podcast simply by shopping at Amazon. And now let's flame royal this week's And in case you thought Trump was bad on immigration, Bulgaria sentenced a cow to death for crossing the border illegally. A pregnant cow. The cow, named Pinka, was about three weeks away from her due date when she wandered over the EU border from Bulgaria into Serbia, which isn't in the EU. Pinka was returned to her owner after Serbian vets gave her a perfect bill of health. But Bulgaria insisted that EU rules mean the cow must be killed, and they claimed that the rules coming from Brussels gave them no leeway. The European Commission guidelines, which aren't even laws, say that cows must be presented at border checkpoints with documents verifying that they're healthy. Quote, The certification must accompany the animals en route to the EU, and when they are presented for entry into the EU, at an approved EU border inspection post. But the fact that Pinka is from Bulgaria and has good health papers just didn't matter to Bulgaria, who didn't seem to realize that there's a difference between someone importing a cow from outside the EU and an EU farmer reclaiming a wandering cow. And reading over comments on various news sources, a bunch of EU apologists kept screaming that it had to be this way to protect Europeans from, get this, 
mad cow disease. I didn't know people were still falling for that bogus panic. A Change.org position on Pinka's behalf received over 30,000 signatures out of a goal of 25,000. Whether it was that petition or famous people campaigning like Paul McCartney, just a couple of days before this podcast was recorded, the Bulgaria Food Safety Agency finally relented and said that Pinka can live. So apparently they knew all along that the law gave them discretion here. But the incredible moronity of it all gave Bulgaria some very just embarrassment, which we're happy to pile on to by naming them this week's Idiot Extraordinary! up this Leaving No Part Untouched edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv or discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail or support ChainDK on Patreon or Maker Support to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Milos Foreman. The worst evil is, and that's the product of censorship, is the self-censorship, because that twists spines, that destroys my character, because I have to think something else and say something else. I have to always control myself. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Literivitas 4.0 International License. Want answers to creationist claims against evolution? Would you like to know more about evolution yourself, or even engage creationists more directly, with actual peer-reviewed sources to back you up? My book, How Evolution is Scientific, is designed to show the basics of evolutionary theory and how it is so well supported using the scientific method. It's impeccably sourced, with references to the actual scientific material, and is arranged using the creationist's own criteria of what is scientific. Using their own arguments against them, see how evolution is scientific, but creationism is not. Based on observations, accurate predictions, logic, and evidence. Get answers to common creationist claims, and even a primer on abiogenesis, the start of all life. It's all in my book, How Evolution is Scientific, available at Amazon, and on Kindle, EPUB, and PDF as well. Get How Evolution is Scientific, and never be taken in by creationists again.